What we're going to do with college basketball is we're going to teach you how to bet the NCAA tournament. You don't start uh, betting the NCAA tournament, rolling up to the casino in the sports book on Thursday morning, and you start filling out teams. You start really right now, like a month before, right after uh, the Super Bowl. Now, I have an MBA, securities, licenses, clients, and that worth $50 million. So every single uh, podcast and every single wager is a process, the same way you pick a security, uh, same way you make a decision, decision science, same way you choose an investment. It's the same way you bet a college basketball game or a NFL football game. It's the same process and you have to have rules. You have to have a code. In the episode notes are the top 10 rules of betting and really for the NCAA tournament, that's where it really started with me, the NCAA tournament where I had an epic run in 2011, uh, paid for a lot of bills, a lot of vacations, a lot of things that run in subsequently 25 years of, of narrowing it down to the sports betting processes and rules and code, right? That makes money consistently, all right? So uh, we get lied to a lot, right? We don't believe in uh, the Easter Bunny or Santa Claus. So polls, rankings, all of that stuff are lies. None of them are real. And I'll get into detail a little bit, but. So again, like yesterday, we were talking about the great Bradley game. Bradley only cares about the regular season title to the Missouri conference is going to hang the banners, they're going to get rings because they know that the conference tournament. I'm I'm picking Belmont to win that, right? And again, we get to the top ten rules of betting um, that we have a link to. Number one is never bet blindly. That's why we're watching St. Bonaventure's and we're watching um, St. Joe's. Yep. Because hey, Atlantic Ten gets four people in the tournament. As many as the pack lost, right? Uh, right? You know, you'll get four teams from Atlantic Ten in there. Uh, so you can't get to the NCAA tournament just rolling around and you haven't seen the team play. Uh, right. To research, if you go on YouTube, and it'll give you twelve minute highlights. You can see who's who, what's what. Uh, but Scott and I will watch a whole game on a team. Yep. We're looking. For certain things that we talked about. One thing we missed from last week uh, that we'll talk about this week 
is backcourt play, right? So you got to look at backcourt play, uh, Michigan State. So Michigan State is a perfect example. They're in the middle of the Big Ten. Now they have school shooting. You know, Josh, what does the school shooting have to do with anything? Again, we'll get into value Scott wanted to talk about again, right? And we'll give you a specific example. So this is going to be a specific example, part three. Part one and two, we talked about generality. In this right episode, we're going to get into specifics. So one specific we're going to get into value, right? Is value is in I'm an MBA, right? Securities licenses, finds that worth fifty million dollars. From an academic standpoint, what value is what value is in business is psychological factors plus functional factors divided by time and money that equals value not the crap <laughs> these sports betting guys oh this is a value pick da, da, da. it's a mind that isn't driven by the market it's driven by some guy uh that works for william hill just trying to manipulate the market to put more money in the sports booking casino <laughs> all right that's not value, right? That's pretend value. So, bullshooting in Michigan State. What does that mean? Believe me, in the Big Ten tournament, who's going to get a call, Scott? Michigan State. Michigan, Michigan State. State. So, they're in the middle of the Big Ten. They have great backcourt play. So, you're going to get some plus numbers and stuff. So, on the margin, Michigan State's going to get the benefit of the doubt. The opposite is true for Alabama. Yes. Alabama has their <laughs> It's crazy, right? And that's one of the themes for off-season podcasts, the NFL, that Scott and I work on, but we get into true crime, we get into some other things. Yep. Is that the truth is more bizarre and more crazy than fiction. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Don't Sounds like a movie. Sounds <laughs> like a movie. Your starter, your best score. Bring the guns to a murder scene that I saw. Yeah. A girl gets shot, and they can't take him out of the lineup because he's the leading scorer. So who, who, who's not going to get the call in the SEC tournament in the NCAA tournament? Alabama. They're the opposite of Michigan State. Right, and he's gonna and he's gonna any ticky tack foul will get called on him. Traveling right. called on him. He'll he'll have every call go against them. You know, right. you you say. <laughs> Right, you say, oh, the guy just scored 41, the guy's averaging 20-something points a game, whatever he's averaging. Oh, he could go about, he could rise above that. No, you can't. Not in the NCAA tournament. No, you can't. No, you can't. Yeah, it's only 20 years old. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he's not going to be able to handle this mentally because the fans of the other team are going to be on him about everything. He's going to see signs. He's going to see everything. He's going to see everything. Right. It's going to be on TV. Lock it's going to be on the Lock her up. Yeah. Lock her up. Yeah. They're going to be locked him up. Lock yep. him up. Right? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and what people get caught up in, and again, we'll do it in the same offseason. We'll do it probably every offseason. But yeah. people get caught up with this, and they get caught up with it in uh, the NFL. They get caught up with it, a bunch of other things. And it is that there is a difference between something being against the law Versus something being unethical. Uh, if something is against the law, right? And there's a perfect example of it. 
you have selective prosecution. What does selective prosecution mean? It means that the sheriff in town, the DA, gets to choose which cases to prosecute and which cases not to prosecute, irregardless whether somebody is something illegal. Now, referee has a fiduciary, I have fiduciary responsibility to my client based on my MBA, based on the other clients I have with money, right? To do what's best for the client. So the referee, their client is who? The NFL. They have to do what's best for the NFL. So if a bad call makes the NFL money, they're fine. They're not going to jail. Nothing's going on with them. Same thing with the NCAA. In the NCAA, the refs, uh, we talk about endowments, right? School with a large endowments like Michigan, $20 billion, they get the call. Why? Because they have alumni sitting in the stands who have already given a uh, you know, bag of $10,000 to the ref. Hey, here's a bag of $10,000. I go to the University of Timbuktu. Yeah, <laughs> yeah what? Timbuktu yeah. is going to get the call. <laughs> and then it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? And then he, he had a, a, a good point about uh, time element in the value equation. Yeah. And that was where the team's going to play, right? Exactly. Exactly. So, so we we touched on this in the first first uh, pod, and and I just want to reiterate it that so the only time I bring up bracketology is now. So when when you look at the bracketology, the reason I looked at the bracketology was I wanted to see where the school, where the games were being played. If right. you go to a site like Sacramento, and you have you see in that in that site right now is Maryland, Auburn, UCLA, and Samford. I'm not saying that's right. how it's going to end up, but that's what the bracketology has now. Who do you think is going to win that that quad? UCLA is going to win that quad. Why? Because they're in California, and that's where right. they are. UConn's another perfect example. If they get sent to Albany, New York, with St. Mary's or Gonzaga or teams like that, you don't think UConn's gonna gonna get most of the calls in that two games? Why? Because they're being sent close to home, and the contingent of UConn fans is gonna be over the top in that arena. So, and the NCAA is what they're in it to make money, and that'll make well, them money. All politics, all politics are local, right? And I have yeah. an advantage that you know I lived four years in Northeast, two years in Boston. Yep. You know, people in Boston, the two years in New York City. Yep. It's a whole different culture. So you got UConn yeah. alumni. You're going to have some UConn alumni there. They don't build these in Boston. They don't build these in New York. Multi, multi-millionaire, and they're coming here with cash. Yep. And they're looking. There's a guy. There's going to be a guy outside the arena, and his whole, you know, honestly great job is to know who the rest are right. and to know how to get cash to the rest. Because the UConn alumni want to get the benefit of the doubt, right? Yes. They want yes. Yes. Now, uh, let me know what you think, Scott, about what happened this week. I will not name the coach, but I was at a uh, NCAA 316, and I see the left come in. I'm looking at the ref. I'm there way before, four months or whatever. 
I see yep. the ref come in in full ref uniform. And he has this huge duffel bag. I'm like, what does the ref have in his duffel bag? Because the balls are being provided by the people, right? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it isn't like a high school game where the ref is bringing the balls and the equipment or maybe some prestige kit or something like that. Yeah. yeah. It's with a blue, big duffel bag. So then, and I know the theory come out with a white duffel bag. So actually that's that, right? Why is he bringing your duffel bag in there? He's not changing clothes because he didn't come for free clothes that was going to change the ref clothes. He came in with ref clothes. You imagine he has a hotel to stay in. Why did he go in the back there, right? And, and, and the coaches who were in this 2016 have been thinking, I don't think it away. Uh, you know, have broken NCAA violations the last year, so that's happened after that but why did the ref come in with a red duffel bag he comes out of the back with a white duffel bag i'm the only person in this bag what was inside the duffel bag was not red or white it was the color green <laughs> it was the color green you you better believe red all right use use a red school say maryland maryland was right. red uniforms maryland is right. playing in that game i'm just using them for an example i'm not saying it was Red duffel bag with the cash inside could only mean one thing. Maryland gave him the, those green kickbacks in the bag. Right. White duffel bag could be Duke, could be, you know, whoever it is. There was green in the duffel bag. They were paying off the reps for a very important call or two calls down the stretch that would make the difference in the game and, and send them to this Elite Eight. Those, right. that that bag was from the boosters that was just delivered by the coach. <laughs> so the coach didn't pay him off. The boosters paid him off. But the boosters have all this money they can they can send right. to the ref. So, so that, that's online, Google it. And we'll do it. We'll do it for the next podcast for sure. Yep. And especially NCAA, but you Google the pod that, that that you're talking about. Okay, where are they traveling? Then you Google uh, endowment. Right. So. You look at the endowment. Schools that have an endowment of more than two billion dollars. Remember, this is money that you would just give to the university to get a tax position. That's two or two billion dollars. That means they have a lot of rich alumni. Right. Influence. Right. Influence. What is going on? Right. And right. that's eight percent of the plays. And, and I'll give the link to everybody to U.S. integrity. Right. So we'll yep. go to these two. Uh, uh, topic, which is important. Okay. Number one, I know you do it, I do it, and it helps us make money. We turn the volume off. We turn it, put it on mute. Yep. yep. It's told lies, you told PR spin, big PR spin, right? This weekend was, oh, Purdue. Purdue's the number one team in the country. Purdue, you know what? Purdue got beat by a mediocre Indiana team with one player, and they beat him twice. Remember, Purdue lost to St. Peter's last year. Same team, same player. They lost to St. Peter's last So, going to miss you here this time of year, as we get into the conference tournament, is that it's hard to beat a team three times. Well, you know what? The numbers do not get their ass. Bear that out. Right. 
usually a team that's already won twice, right, wins 80% of the time and covers yes. 50% of the time. So just because the team has won or beat the other team two times does not mean you get escaped from doing your research. Did they win outright but not cover? What is the line? Is the line screwed one way or another? What are your thoughts, guys? So to, to that, when I when I coached and I made and my teams made state tournament, the okay. the one thing you got to remember is when you played one a team that you played twice, how did you beat them? Did you win at the end of the game with a three pointer? Did you hit two free throws at the end of the game, or did you win yeah. by twenty points both times and totally dominate yeah. in every every aspect of the game? Because the mindset of the team that lost twice is when you've lost by twenty points to the team twice and been dominated, you're like. Oh geez, you got to play them again. There's no way we're going to win. But if the winning team twice has hit a three-pointer and won with two free throws at the end of the game, the losing team says, "We can beat them. We got a shot." So right. you have to look back at how those games have been played to determine if that team is going to win win again or if it's going to be if, if it's in doubt. And producing. Purdue wasn't as good as they were when they were 21 and 1, and they're not as bad as they are when they've lost four of their last five or four of their last six. Exactly. There are some place in between that. So exactly. you also got to look at, you know, a team like Alabama. They're not as good as their record indicates. Not with all this right. stuff going around. Okay. So um, another team, North Carolina, they're not as bad as their struggle has been, but they're probably not going to be as good as the last you know, the run they make to get into the NCAA tournament because that's what's going to happen with them. <clears throat> um, so you got to look at each team differently and you can't right. look at the first 20 games and the last 12 games. You got to look at the whole body of work and what they've done throughout the season. So that that that's how I do it when I research teams. Yeah, yeah and look at the, their beat recorder, research who they are on Twitter, find out. Is you know something random happens, right? Yeah. Maybe the team from it could be totally random, right? The team from Ohio is something they're they're sick because they you know they had to break uh, water from the faucet. Now they're sick. The whole team's sick. Whole team has the virus, right? You don't know. You don't know. Right. You know, suddenly they, they're changing everything around. Uh, right. And, and I'll add another point before you, we get on to the next one. Yeah. Press conferences now until NCAA tournament time are, are very big. Yeah. Why are they very big? Because coaches will tell you, are we ready to play this team or are we not ready to play this team? Oh, yeah, we've, we've played, like you said, Belmont is your pick to win that conference. Um, you know, the Belmont coach, if he comes up and says, yeah, we, we haven't really, really looked at this team, that gives you a telltale sign that they're not ready to play. T-Max. So, press conferences are very big. Coaches' body language is a huge thing that I watch in the yeah. NFL right. and NCAA tournament. Is how are they when they ask a question? How do they answer the question? Do they look right at the reporter, or are they looking around the room like you know? Exactly. Um, so, so the, they ask the, the, the question, and the coach looks down. That means he's lying. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I think it's true, especially with a Bill Self or John Calipari. Experienced coaches, if you see them at the press conference and they look like they haven't slept, they start yelling at the reporter and this and that. 
versus telling jokes. First, let me tell you a joke before I answer that. <laughs> you know they're going to blow them out, right? Because you system game, good reports, everybody's playing good. They're going to be trying to move. You're going to pick them. If not, if Cal Perry has his eyes red, he's been watching film all night, trying to figure something out, you got to go the other way. No doubt. We'll no doubt. Uh, no doubt. And you see it a lot in business, right? You've got to give you business and financial content in order to make money on it. In a big business uh, thing, it's scarcity, right? Uh, only 5% of wealth managers know what they're doing. So I want to be that 5%, so I get picked by people who have $50 million. Uh, you see it on TV. Wait, there's more. There's only four left. Call it the next five minutes, or else you're going to miss out on this, right? Yep. So, Senior night is huge. We've already seen it. We're going to keep on seeing it. Seniors playing their last game at home before the tournament starts. They cover. Uh, in the NCAA, you'll see certain times teams, you know, this is it. Uh, scarcity is a huge thing to look at. Uh, you got a guy playing from North Carolina or Kentucky. This is going to be their last chance they have to try to make a national title. For some guys, it's just their last game at home, right? Other guys are going to be, okay, this, this is the last chance we have at a conference tournament. Yep. If we can get killed in the NCAA, <laughs> but we say these things Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to win this. We're going to get ours now. And then you're going to be teams in the NCAA. Seriously, what are your thoughts, Scott? I agree 100%. And I'll, I'll throw another word at you, too. It's adversity. And right. A lot of the, every school in the NCAA tournament <clears throat> goes through their conference tournament and has adversity. Right. Kid sprains his ankle, drives to the, for a layup. Kid that hasn't right. played more than six minutes the entire year has to go in and play for him. And he scores right. 17 points and, and pulls down 10 rebounds. <clears throat> that team will be ready when an adverse situation comes up in the NCAA tournament, in the conference tournament. They'll be ready right. because that kid played played really well, and now the coach has added extra confidence that he can go to this kid at any time. And who knows? Big star. Kansas last year, Remy Martin, nobody knew if he was going to play or not. He ended up playing. That's an adverse situation for Kansas in the tournament. You know, you know, Remy Martin have to put right, another right. kid. So you got to watch these games. you got to watch these seniors because little-known Joe from – Eastern Michigan could end up being right. a huge factor in the conference tournament, getting their team an automatic bid. So right. you've got to watch these senior nights. You've got to watch these last week of games. You got, you got to watch it all because guys that you know nothing about sometimes step up and play a key role down the stretch here. And that's, a, and that goes into the research that we talked about. That's a guy, a kid that you need to know going into the NCAA tournament is Joe from Eastern Michigan. What's his strengths? What's his weaknesses? What does he do well? What does he not do well? Uh, you got to know that stuff. And it, it's very important. It's vitally important. So listen to the coaches. The coaches will give that away too. We're starting, we're starting five seniors tonight. It's senior night. We're starting five seniors. Great. Senior Great. Night. Yep. So you gotta look at the, just because it's senior night does not mean they're gonna cover. Maybe those guys can't wait to get out of there. It was a horrible experience. 
They're like, I, I never should have came to the school. You don't care about penis. Right. They have right. a bunch of kids from families. They don't even know who their parents are. And they have some random guardian, their foster parent, coming in. And then the foster kid, they used to beat them up. And they're going to uh, take the court after they finish college. So they don't care about me or not. I'll give you a perfect example. Eastern Michigan will play Western Michigan, say. Right. Western Michigan has a senior on the team. Eastern Michigan has a freshman. Right. He babysat the Eastern Michigan kid when the kid was younger. And he played pickup basketball against him and beat him every time. So the kid right. from Eastern Michigan wants to say, I'm in college now. I'm going to show you. And he goes out and he scores right. 25 points. That can happen. And that oh, story yeah. is never, stop, ever stop. told unless you listen to us and we know it and we've we've seen it we researched it so that's another thing you there's always little stories in these games in these conference tournaments that pan out what they might look one way on paper you have to look at but then you have to look deeper because you're like okay uh we'll finish with this this guy scores 30 points a game well he must be good not necessarily he's a coach's son he's coach's best friend and they said Exactly. screen for him to get open and shoot a corner three or straight away three. Oh, what is it versus a guy who, hey, this guy's got 30 points a game, but he gets it off offensive rebound. Exactly. He gets it off the drill, right? He takes it off steal, and then, you know, he creates his own offense and scores 30, you know, versus the guy who gets 30 screens. Remember Steve Alfred at Indiana? They had 30 yep. screen friends. Yep. I remember that. Keith Smart. 1987. Who knew? Who knew about this kid? Nobody. And he hit the game with a shot. So right. I'd like that step up in big situations. So you gotta be you gotta be ready with your research. So yeah. all right. So final words, guys. Yeah, please, please do not <clears throat> do not bet when these conference tournament starts on the defending champion in these conference tournaments. Exactly. Very seldom exactly. do do they go all the way two years in a row and right. win that conference tournament. Look at these teams for what they are this year, not last year. Right. And you'll and you'll make money and you'll be cashing tickets, and that's the exactly. most important thing. So um I'm gonna jump off right after Josh Kuse's last last thoughts, but we will be back. We will have plenty of research done when the NCAA tournament seating is picked. Um, you know, please listen and take notes and do whatever you need to do. Send us a message, ask us questions. Yeah. I'm more than happy to answer any question that somebody throws my way. Um, you know, just you know, just ask. That's the only way you become knowledgeable is ask. So, big time. So, uh, last week's podcast, take notes. You get into detail things that actionable that have made us um, currently. Make money. Pay attention to the Twitter feed. Uh, after detoxing from football, that's a very successful football. You know, seventy, you know, high seventies in the playoffs. Yep. Made a lot of money. Now I've been watching. Before we bet, we watch, take notes. So I'll have like at least two to three picks on the Twitter feed every day that you can monetize, and we track them all. All right, and then we'll come back next week. For conference tournament and then the NCAA tournament, and then we'll do 
uh, line change live stream podcast that Wednesday and probably give out the two picks for those two playing games. Yeah, what I, what I might do on Twitter, on my Twitter, is when conference tournament starts, I might pick one game and put a player, a couple players out to watch for each side. Just so people have a general knowledge of, of who these players are. And then I'll, I'll send it to you before I send it out. But um, just something yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. What we're doing, what we post out this week, we'll retweet it both on our both Twitter feeds and I'll go yep. out. Uh, it, it, may be, <laughs> it may be a Big East game. It might be a, a Mississippi, a Missouri Valley game. It might be one right. of those. So. You know, I'll just pick one game each day in a conference tournament and just just highlight a couple of players and uh, stat wise, and then what they do and what they don't do, and then stuff like that. So you, you guys kind of have it. Whoever's listening kind of has an idea of what what they, you're looking at when you bet. So, right, right. We always close with, uh, with the church. You do not have to pay a thousand dollars to support the NBA tournament. You'll get better information, more exact, more precise information for us. And uh, you make a living from your labor, but you make a life for what you give. Thanks for listening to the SBC podcast. All the best.